here's our midnight mass after show. We'll talk about each episode. That's our hymn now. Here's your host. Amen. Hello and welcome. Welcome to Horror Movie Talk's special Midnight Mass After Show. On a normal episode of Horror Movie Talk, we would be reviewing and discussing one horror film in detail, but for this series of eight episodes, we'll be having an opinionated and accidentally funny discussion for each episode of Mike Flanagan's The Midnight Mass, or Midnight Mass. I guess there's no the. Your panel of expert hosts each episode is R, me, we... We, um, Dr. Bryce Hansen, he, him, who holds a PhD in doxology, and across from me sits Professor David Day. I'm uh, Zimzer. The, I and I am also the foremost expert in scare. No nos. So without further ado, let's get into the Midnight Mass after show. Let us pray. Let us, indeed. Hang on. You're like a big, dirty raccoon, David. Okay, we got, we got to get the squirms out. Okay. Dear creator, director, and writer, Mike Flanagan, please, as we conclude our Midnight Mass after show, help us to understand your intention behind the themes and uh, motifs that have happened throughout Midnight Mass. Um, please respond to our interview request. Mm. Oh, Daddy Flan. Mm. And uh, come on and, and talk to us about this awesome series. Mm. Um, bless us that we won't lead people astray in our sometimes lacking uh, research skills. Um, forgive us our trespasses, especially for uh, never quite getting all of the character names straight we're very stupid dear lord and uh these things we pray in the name of kate siegel amen amen mom bryce didn't i bryce had his eyes open during prayer (laughs) how'd you know that unless you had your eyes open? (laughs) (laughs) shock shock pikachu face oh oh (laughs) so today we'll be talking about book seven Revelation. Ooh. Revelation's the best book. Yeah. If you're not familiar, if you if you're not a uh a Bible reader or never have been, you just skip straight to the end. That's the that's, best one. That's where all the crazy shit happens. Huh. And it's so bonkers. Like uh, Lord of the Rings. People are like, oh, Lord of the Rings is the first fantasy. No. <laughs> no. Revelations, bitch. Yeah. And uh people interpret it many different ways, but probably not the way it was intended, which was like very specifically about the time that it was written, I think. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, in this, the conclusion to Midnight Mass, the finale. What a spicy one. We see the resulting chaos of what happened in the church Easter night and continues on that night. Lines are drawn and uh, between the turned and unturned, and Bev self-righteously appoints herself as the leader to guide the Islanders where they should go. Yeah. 
while continuing the heavy violence from the previous episode's finale, this final book takes a hard turn into the metaphysical as many characters confront their life choices and their impending death. Man, this one. I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) This is the second time I I watched it, and I was like, I was in tears for pretty long stretches. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't know what about it, but it's like, it really hit me, Um, especially um, Aaron's speech. Um, I'm trying to. We'll get to it. I'm trying. I mean, I guess it was an after show. It's a. It's there's no such thing as a spoiler section since you should all have watched this already. I can't say it's when she's talking to basically Riley in her mind, and he's asking her like what she thinks of death as she's dying. Oh yes, and um, and it's kind of uh, um, what I feel is Mike Flanagan's thesis on death yeah and self and um like the the meaning of life kind of thing right yeah that was touching that was quite touching i will say i think um i don't uh i don't think i cried during this episode um while it was moving i feel like i was moved in a much more like God damn, what a cool like in an awestruck sort of right. way. Just I was just like what a what a cool whereas with Hill House right. and Bly Manor it was much more of like a a gut punch. Yeah, it was much more of of like a, a melancholy um See, I um when was when was the last time you watched it? Last time I watched what? This episode. Couple days ago. Yeah. Cuz I I mean, I, while I was watching it, I was like Wow, this is really melancholy. Like that's the word that I would use to describe it is the episode. Yeah, it sure it is. Maybe not. Yeah, probably not up to the level of Hill House, but yeah. And um, and Bly Bly is like low key the most melancholy of them all. Like it barely is able to like pull itself out of its melancholy for right. a couple minutes. Hill House has a real hopeful, you know, attitude. It's the hope that makes the lows in Hill House right. really hit. They really hit, whereas with Bly, you never kind of really get put, picked up quite as high, right. so you're always kind of in this in this drudgery. And this one, neither really. I mean, there's not really. I, I mean, there's know. some there's some touching moments, but there's no like. It's the interpersonal play in this that really excites the the neurons inside me. And then I'm like, ooh, drama. You know, it's just like Bev is such a bitch, and mm-hmm. like the uh, the the lines in the sand, the two kind of opposing factions in this get me going you know it's like it's me well before we get too far we want to mention our sponsor for this episode and really for the series of after shows uh, nightchannels.com nightchannels.com features some of the best most niche apparel for fans of horror occult metal Alternative music, unbelievable, um, and even literature. It's it's a great selection, and honestly, we've had a lot of success with them. I think we have a really good relationship with NightChannels.com because all we have to ask you to do is just go to their website because the shit sells itself so well. This this speaks volumes. All we got to do is point you at the website, get you to open it up, and then Night Channels does the rest. That's how good this shit is. Yeah. You'll find some shirt, some artwork that you haven't ever seen anywhere else. Oh, all of it. Yeah, all of it. (laughs) All of it. And uh, 
you'll want at least like four shirts yeah, the, in your in your cart. And the good news is we have in the gospel, the good news of mm. our relationship with Night Channels is we have a discount code. If you use HMT at checkout, you get 13% off, which is um, what I'm told, the scariest percentage. Certifiably the, mm-hmm. the spoopiest. Yeah. Um, yeah, check out Night Channels. They bring you this episode. They bring you this series. And um, and you won't be displeased if you take the Night Channels Challenge. Just head on over to nightchannels.com. Just take a, take a peek. And when you see something, HMT at checkout. Um, if you're not familiar with Horror Movie Talk, you should go to our website, horrormovietalk.com. There you'll find all our previous episodes and links to our social media. We have a very active Facebook group that you can be a part of. We just barely started up our Discord, and I still don't understand what that's supposed to do. And no one has shown me that it's... Everyone was clamoring to get on the Discord. They're like, where's the Discord? Where's the Discord? And I opened up the Discord, and no one does anything on it. Yeah. They all signed up. I think they want you to do things. I think they want you to dance, monkey dance. You know what? I put my heart and soul into each episode. Uh, Now you dance, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you with the headphones. (laughs) With the earbuds. Um, Okay. We post new episodes of the regular uh, regular podcast every Wednesday, so please subscribe. Leave us a rating if you can. If you have any comments, um, especially if if uh, you disagree with us or yeah, are we, mad at things that we say, these are the things that we love to hear on our voicemail. Yeah. And you can call it at 682-253-4468. We want a dialogue. I think there's misunderstanding sometime, and... It's we don't want it to be a faceless no or or if you if you call up and you tell us how we're wrong, a lot of times you'll just get us being like, oh yeah, yeah we're stupid, yeah, yeah. yeah I get a lot in the voicemail it just sounds like this. David, it's not David. David, honestly, David. David, 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 what is this? Yeah, David, David, yeah, no one, David. David. No David. one's upset. Oh my God, is that David? Oh my God, is that David? No one's upset with Bryce. Really. Yeah, no it's one, all me. No one wants to talk to me. There, no, it's just you're fine. <laughs> right. Like I'm the problem. Um, if you really want to support the show, the best way you can do that directly is go to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Horror Movie Talk, and we have a bunch of perks and extra bonus content and advanced access, ad-free stuff, all those things that you would normally get at Patreon, plus more. Go to patreon.com slash talk. Thanks for listening. Let's get into the sermon. I'm so excited for the spoilers. No spoilers. Okay. David! 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 What? <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, it's a very emotional episode while while it's tied with all the violence what a way to end this fucking series dude i was like how are they gonna how are they gonna tie it all together yeah how what's the payoff what's the holy shit this is this is like the terminator 2 of endings (laughs) yeah i mean it's so cool yeah because it goes full full throttle Trial. on the last episode at the the finale of the last episode with the bloodbath in the uh St. Patrick's church and you're like how are they going to follow that up but uh, while also setting up the cliffhanger of like oh shit hmm. shit's about to go down yeah and guess what shit goes down big time lots of shit big <laughs> heaping 
steaming mounds, mounds of shit goes yeah. down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot. but before we get into that, it's it's a uh, Millie and Father Pruitt awakening because from the last episode, Father Pruitt got shot in the fucking head. Yeah, he sure did. But then he was he was sitting there blinking. Yeah. Well, one eye was kind of blinking. The other yeah. One was, um, and then Millie recovers from being attacked by the angel. Oh, yes. And they basically just, like, come to each other phased. And like, well, shit. Oops. Oh. Oh, dear. <laughs> and then um, and it cuts to the townspeople. Um, like, all the, the newly formed vampires just attacking the entire island. They're attacking... Every other islander that wasn't in the church and like pulling them out of their houses, and it's terrifying. Yeah, it's um, it's just it's just bloodlust is is taking yeah. the the van the newly achieved newly resurrected vampires. Yeah, dude, this, it's such a crazy concept of like, okay, so like you know the normal Dracula the normal vampire thing doesn't really delve too much into the. It basically says if the vampire wants to turn you it does it in a certain way and that's magical like right. there's no answer this puts this puts the mechanics all of it together in a scientific way for us to kind of reason with it it goes yeah you get the anemia and then then you die and then you come back as as a vampire and and, and you you have the thirst for blood yeah you uses a lot of concepts from I mean, I've seen some of these from other vampire um, stuff. Yeah. Not necessarily handled in, like, a scientific manner, but, mm. um, like, getting turned by drinking the vampire's blood or the vampire offering their blood right. to turn you. That's a pretty common thing. Okay. Yeah, I'm just um, dumb. And the I think one of the main features that's different for this one is that the original vampire is like a completely different creature it's like a different species because yeah. the the main angel which is the source for all the vampirism mm-hmm. is like a fucking demon creature you yeah know? it's got it's, wings it's not like some guy yeah that has pointy teeth that you know? can turn into a bat it's yeah. a man bat yeah which is an interesting take on the mythology of like Oh, you know, they talk about a shapeshifter. You can turn into a bat. Well, actually, it's because it's just a bat, you know? Yeah. Um, did anyone die? No. I, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I will see. Um, and then, you like, all the all the people underneath them is, is kind of how the other vampires are treated throughout other series and TV or series and movies, which is they're kind of tied to the original vampire, the, the angel. Um, and they're just, you know, people figuring out how to eat each other. Yeah. As one does. Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, this is, this is God. Right. It's an right? angel. Yeah. And I love in the, in the, if you watch it with subtitles on, it labels it angel, like, <sighs> like the angel says something, you know, I mean, who's to say? Like, this is the coolest part of this thing is it doesn't really. I mean, it does. It says, you know, it says there's good and evil and mm-hmm. it kind of says that this is evil. I mean, the series, the theme is like 
this is evil, but uh, but but also it's kind of like, uh, is this how God comes to people? <laughs> like, I don't. It's it kind of leaves it a little open open ended. Yeah. Um. So then we we cut to the survivors regrouping. So <laughs> out of the townspeople that are vampires and the and the people that that are attacking. The ones that know what's going on are a select few. So we've got Aaron, we've got Sarah, uh, the sheriff, which sheriff, I, as he I, as he likes to be called. Right. Figured his his name was Hassan, Sheriff Hassan. Right. Right. Um. Uh. Who else? Lisa and his son. No, his son is turned. Yeah, but I think he knows what's going on, right? Ali is the first one that was like turned. Yeah, but he, he I'm knows. talking about the people that are alive. I don't think. He, oh, okay. I don't think okay. he was. Gotcha. He's in that group. Like he's not in the survivors figuring out how they're going to fuck over all the vampires. Right, 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 right. Um, and then Riley's brother, which I still don't know his name. Right. Played by a guy named Igby. Igby. I don't know what his name is. Um, and I think. That's it. Um, I mean, that's I, that's yeah, that's uh, uh, oh, oh, and Riley's mom. No, because she gets turned. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. She's she hasn't been turned yet. Okay. <clears throat> uh, she's one of them because she's the one that confronts Bev outside. Right. Oh, the <laughs> confrontation of Bev. This is my favorite part of the whole series. Maybe. So good, so many good parts. So they have this survivors group, and they're gathering guns, and they're like, "What the fuck is this going to do?" Yeah, what are we going to? They're do? just going to wake up, and and Aaron says, "Well, it might buy us a few more minutes, a few more seconds, a few more minutes alive," and um, and then I think it's Riley's mom, Annie. Yeah, that says like, "It's it's so strange. We all say that there's a heaven." But we claw and fight and beg for a few more minutes when it's our time. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's frightening. Yeah, it Death is. Death is terrifying. It's, it's the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Aaron basically reiterates that they're going to be dying for people that they haven't met yet. Their their goal right now is to make it so that this can't get off the island. Right. The, the, at this point. Their responsibility is to everyone else in the world. Yeah. So they're talking about how to fuck over the vampire. So they decide to burn all the boats eventually. And not, not at this moment, but they eventually burn all the boats. And then in the end, burn the the church and the rec center. Right. Is well, the final all the in. buildings. Well, Bev is the one that decides. Bev to... allows the buildings to burn, right? Yo, yes, yeah. She. Well, the the fire is started by Bev because right, and we're while we're in the middle of the scene, a Molotov cocktail comes sh- shooting through the window mm-hmm. as they're like. Did she throw that? Yeah, it was Bev and Sturge or whoever. Oh, with their... that's perfect. That makes it perfect. See, I thought it was Sturge. Um, but if well, it's, I think she was telling Sturge to throw it. Oh, but well, they were, either they were way, standing out there together. Either way, that makes it so perfect that she's the the uh, the impetus. The, she is the the mechanic that sets her own demise in motion. Oh yeah, because he because eventually after like all the people leave and after 
um, Riley's mom is sucked. Uh, Suck. Suck. Uh, Sturge is like, hey, we should put out this fire. It's going to burn everything. Bev's it's like, like a tinderbox. Nah, nah. And then Bev has like a realization. It's a great scene because like you see Bev realize like, wait, the uh, the church didn't burn in the big fire of 84. Right. Just everything on the west side. Right. She's like, hmm, well, that's where I want everyone to go. In yeah. my rec center. My rec Where center. I can be their salvation. Big enough for double the amount of people on the island. And she quotes a bunch of Bible verses to justify, you know, burning everything the fuck down. <laughs> there are plenty of Bible verses that justify burning things down. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's the one that says Revelation, like, in this... I mean, that's, a, that's like, a, a big moment in the episode is when she decides to burn the town down, she starts quoting from revelations um so yeah before that moment happens annie flynn comes outside and gives bev a talking to (gasps) oh i'm so glad we're at this part i've been waiting ever since i saw this to talk about this part yeah and she she says a lot of things to bev but everything that you would want to be said which is bev i need you to hear this you aren't a good person aren't a good person and like you are not a good person you think you are and then bev comes back with like the bitchiest thing she can say which is like well i mean your dead son that was an addict and and killed someone i mean that's a reflected reflection on your parenting it's like okay and you think what you just said that's the thing that would come out of a good person's mouth but I mean, her her reply is is more infuriating because uh, Annie says yes, he is all of them, and that and digging this point in is that God loves him just as much as he loves you, and why does that upset you? Why does it hurt you so much to know that you're equal to everyone else? Yeah, you're not any better. You're just the same as everyone else, and that's the thing. That you can't handle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, and you see Bev struggling with that in her eyes. And that's probably one of the impetus for her, like burning the whole, ha- whole town. Cause like, cause fuck it. Yeah. Um, but then Annie pulls the power move and slits her own throat. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bev and Sturge leap on top of her. Th- that's a great moment too, where yeah. it's just like, yeah, Bev, like, you're not above anyone. You're going to drink this person's blood. How could you possibly justify that to yourself? Yeah. You know, like, you're above everyone else, but you're basically a monster, you know? Well, God works in mysterious ways, <laughs> you know? And then one of the major revelations of the series that they wait until the very last episode, mm-hmm. which I hope we haven't spoiled till this moment, um, is Father Paul slash Pruitt talking to Sarah uh, to Mildred um, and reveals that he's Sarah's father. Right. The doctor's father. And he... That's why he always stared at her. Yeah. Not because she was a lesbian, although maybe she because she was yeah. a lesbian too, but because he's her dad. Right. <sighs> Man, huge. Yeah. And it also explains some stuff that I was trying to, I was trying to 
counteract spoilers because in episode two, yeah. I think it is. Like, She's like, Mildred I thought I saw like, your dad. Yeah, I thought I saw your dad out the window because it was the silhouette of the angel in the fedora and trench coat, which right. is what father, what Monsignor Pruitt always wore. Right. So she said, like, I thought it was your father. And then when uh, Father Paul comes in, she says, like, is that Monsignor Pruitt? Right. And her mom's like, and her daughter's like, no, silly. You silly goose. Idiot. <laughs> and it was. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was. was. It was actually Monsignor Pruitt. So what do you know of Sarah? Well, Sarah, <laughs> to be fair, she, how could she know? It was a secret kept from her. Right. So that's a revelation, and it, and... Father Paul gives his rationale for bringing back this vampire, which was to save Mildred and Sarah to to give them everlasting life, basically, right? So that they could have a second chance, right? Because he they had to live apart, you know, and he in secret because it was a different time, you know, and a lot of shame, and and Mildred already had a husband. And, um, so he, his rationale was like, we get a second chance. What if Millie was just holding out? She's like, what, what if, okay. So, okay. No, no, no. What if she's mad? Okay. At, at, Mon, at father Paul Monsignor Pruitt mm-hmm. at the end of this whole thing, you know? So he's like, I did it. Like, what if he had accomplished his goal? Uh-huh. You know, his actual goal of like turning everyone. And then he's like. I did it. I gave you everlasting life. Um, and now we can be a family. And she's like, I'm pissed. And you owe me so much in back child support. <laughs> and then she took him to court and he just had to pay a ton of like back child support to her. And that's how it ended. Right. Or she just says like, look how gorgeous I am again. Like I've got options. Yeah. Like, if that Riley kid hadn't burned up in that boat, I'd be all over those bones, you know? Like, where's that big, where's that big vampire at? Yeah. Where's that big old meaty man, Sturge? Oh, <laughs> Sturge. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's the motivation, which is great. You know, you, you actually understand, like, because yeah. you see Father Paul or, or Monsignor Pruitt, Throughout this whole thing, it seems like he has pure motives. Like, there's no, not... I mean, he does, basically. There's not really a self-serving... You don't see any self-serving in the sermons he does or um, his rationale for bringing this on to the community. Right. It's only to help and only to um, advance God's will, basically. And that also seems kind of off, because why? If you're, if you're a good purely motivated person why would you bring this terror on to other people since it's it's pretty I, obvious that you know well i think this is a theme of the i think this is a, a big theme of the series i think you've like stumbled upon like one of the biggest themes of the series which is you can the human mind will do anything to convince itself that a thing that, <laughs> a, a mechanic that could very well be objectively bad mm. If used in your hands, it's like this power thing. It's, right. it's basically like an allegory for power. It's like, right. well, now I have power, and I won't let it corrupt me. Here I go, and then just inevitably, uh, you, your, yeah, your uh, hubris just fucks you. 
Um, and so it's kind of one of those things where it's, I can't, I have power now. Surely I will use it for good, but you won't. Yeah. And this is a great, <clears throat> this is like a really important moment in, in, um, kind of cementing the theme. One of the main themes of, of the series, which is this talk between, um, father Paul and, and, um, Mildred, um, goes over a lot of important things. You know, first it's, it's a lot of father Pruitt, sorry, father Paul, whatever. It's so confusing here. You're supposed to, let's just say father Paul. Okay. I'm oh, just, we made that decision at the end of the series. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I mean, it could, we couldn't have made it any other way. Right. Okay. Yeah. So father Paul just re- expresses all this regret and that he wants a second chance. And that's the miracle, you know, that he can have a second chance. And Millie's response to it is that we made our choices and Sarah's grown up and we're fading away. That's how that's it, the natural order. Yeah. That's things. how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be over. Right. You know, and, you know, especially coming from someone from two people that both were very near death just a month ago, you know? Yeah. So I guess what would it be? So Ash Wednesday, I think that begins Lent, which is 40 days behind before Easter. So this, this whole thing basically takes place over the course of two months. Yeah. And, and so, you know, she doesn't have any regrets, you know, she, even though, I mean, she has regrets, but she doesn't have any like, um, feelings that she needs a second chance that she made, her choices, and she had a life. Right. No, and that's okay. Right. No ragrats. Right. <laughs> no ragrats. Um. So. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Yeah. So Bev starts burning the city, or allow just by her lack of action. She's like, nah, it's okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, her action because they threw the Molotov cocktails in there. Sure. Yeah. And then, but he's like, we should put this out, and she's like. I mean, no. it could chase them out like it, like little rats. Yeah, let it burn. Then we could get them, get them and eat them up. Yeah. Um, and then it goes back to the survivors, and it establishes this really melancholy tone. It's like, um, kind of that tone you get in post-apocalyptic shows, like the end is a foregone conclusion. Yeah, the because end is, it is. Yeah, and they're just like, well. I hope that the kids made it to the boat. And they're like, well, we'll probably never know, but we can hope it. Yeah. You know, we hope yeah. that they survived. Um, let's see. Lisa's. So Lisa and Riley's brother are separated from Aaron, Sarah, and um, the sheriff. And so Lisa and Riley's brother are trying to make it to the canoe to canoe off the island um to protect themselves because they're told to you know protect themselves um and while they're going lisa's parents are calling for her and that's like a lot of the death in here is done by you know parents to their children or children to their parents right like how would that feel to you if your parents were like calling your name and you know it's because they wanted to murder you it's a very, I mean, 
it's all part and parcel with one of these t- tiny communities. You know, it's a little bit incestuous. Right. It's uh, and whew, man, when that turns, when that switch flips, I mean, I know what that's like. Actually, you know, like it feels horrible. It feels really weird and terrible, you know? Yeah. And um, it's like, come back. Come back to the misery. Mm. <laughs> come on back. It'll be fine. The water's fine. <laughs> your kid, your parents are going to be all right, kids. We want to turn you to us against your will. Which is, I mean, that's really kind of the message of parenting, isn't it? You yeah. want to turn Ooh. your kids into you with against their will? Whoa. Deep shit. That is, that's, that's no lie. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, as they're going, um, Lisa and, and the boy. The boy. Unnamed. Come here, boy. I don't think we ever learned his name in the series. <laughs> I'll just go with that. Um, they come across the vampire slash angel feeding at, to set up the fact that she fires the rifle at it a couple times and it's completely unfazed. Beth does. Oh, no, Lisa does. Lisa does. And so um, that's like the setup of when the angel is feeding, like, it's like, just wants you to leave it it's alone. just a do not disturb sign yeah. on that angel. Um, which comes in later when Aaron cuts up its wings yeah. as it's feeding on her. And that moment where the vampire is like, are you fucking cutting up my wings and then she like She's takes like, his head come and here like, come here baby it's all gonna be okay and this is that's such a great like that's such a great like m- metaphor for for men and women kind of like yeah it's like i would you know if i were in an intimate way with a woman and yeah. i were being distracted by something yeah if a woman had a knife me. in one hand while i was like sucking on her neck like I would not notice. Okay. I'm okay with this. Yeah. Uh, slight cost-benefit analysis, forgotten. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to hurt our chances for getting an interview with Mike Flanagan, but I'll say a little, little part of me is a little jealous of that angel, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. She is a stunning woman, yeah, and a wonderful actress, and a radiant light mm-hmm. of beauty and hope for the human race. Yes, and uh, and I have nothing but respect and admiration for her and Mike Flan, mm-hmm. but also <laughs> maybe a little more for her. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's see the Flan Man. Ba 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 ba. Uh, s- s- what? Uh, what's his name? Groundskeeper Willie is like dawn's a coming. Better, yeah, better oh, get dude, going. this this part where where Sturge is like where this guy approaches Bev, and and she's like, okay, everybody, we need to get right. inside. Uh, right. The light's gonna hurt you, so just so this, this follow is like- me. And this guy comes up and he's like, I think I murdered my kids and my wife. What's happening? And she's like, well, what the fuck? How did you get in on this? You've never been to church. And then Sturge comes forth and he's like, well, he's, he's always been nice to he me. He was always nice to me. So I made sure he, you know, he turned. He yeah. took the sacrament, you know, and, uh, he, and Bev's like, turned. no, 
no and turns them away and so before that point there's kind of like a standoff between bev and and father paul where father paul at this point realizes like we were wrong this is very bad yeah we're the wolves yeah you know like this we're monsters like this was a bad idea and bev was like no but we're gonna lead them and then she's like oh maybe you're not called to be the leader maybe right Maybe you're my test. You're my last test. Here's but- my power grab moment. And and the th- the other thing that never stops shocking me about about this series is Sturge's character, mm-hmm. groundskeeper Willie. He is such the ultimate beta. Like just a total pushover no matter what. Even when present finally he made an executive decision with his buddy there. Right. You know? He was like, no, this guy's nice. He doesn't deserve this. He right. doesn't deserve to die. He should come with us. Even even after he made that decision, and she's like, no, uh-uh, this guy never went to church. He never believed in God. Oh, okay, so so you got, you got to take the communion seriously because you must have been baptized, huh? But that's not enough for old Bev's interest. Right. Like, you don't get to go. And then, like, this is the moment where I was like, okay, Sturge, this is where you flip the switch. Right. This is the moment. And he t- and he takes a good two Mississippi, and then he just kind of dejectedly goes, yeah. right. okay, buddy, let's maybe you just go watch the sunrise. It'll be real pretty, I promise. Mm-hmm. And it's like, God damn, you can't just stand up one time. Yeah. Ugh. Um, Father Paul's response is that, you know, to, to welcome the guy into the church because he says i'll have to be welcome or this isn't god's house um and as he walks in he sees his daughter pouring gasoline all over the church and his response is okay yeah he's like good yeah and then he tells her that he's her father and they have like you know two mississippi before she gets shot by sturge and that's like it's that this and is like, there stands Sturge, just just like with this total like, what well, she's she's gonna burn it down, mm-hmm. it's like just this dumb like he even when he does stuff wrong right, he's still just dumb right. God damn it! <laughs> and then so Father Paul kind of attacks him and then gives up and walks back in and tries to save Sarah by giving her his blood, but she won't swallow it. She spits it out. Yeah. And uh and that's like it's so sad because he did this so he could have that time with her. Yeah. You know, that's the whole reason and it fell apart, you know, it, he failed and just realized that it was a huge mistake what he did. Even the best made plans of mice and men. And so um Millie says that, you know, there's this bridge that she liked as a kid, so they start just walking away, you know, to their doom. Yeah. More or less. Doom! And Bev is like, well, good riddance, and then turns around and sees Sheriff Hassan pouring gasoline all over the church. It's like, fuck! God damn it! I mean... uh, And then she, like, her true colors come out, like, the true racism really shine in this moment, because she's, like, just out and out, calls him a terrorist. And then he says something to the effect of, like, you can't shoot me, you... You need to eat me, you know. And she's like, "No, it's bad blood. You got and dirty like, blood." Ugh. 
Like, like you. Oh wow, you fucking bitch, dude. Like, and that was that was the greatest response from the sheriff was just like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> which is <laughs> the perfect response for that. Is like, are you serious? You're killing me, and you're all right. Okay, fine. Um, Aaron is about to light the the uh, rec center on fire and then gets attacked by the angel and she cuts his wings. And so it's Al- Ali that actually lights the rec center on fire, which is an interesting turning point because he also realizes, like, this isn't good. Right about here, I started getting this, like, okay, there's a lot of lines being drawn in the sand in this episode. There's those who've turned. There's those who hadn't. There's the Catholics. There's the Muslims, hmm. right? This is another distinct... Yeah, you're making a big deal about this through throughout the last couple of episodes, and I don't, oh, no. I don't see it as that. The last episode in this one. Um, I mean, look, there's... There's the there's the the religion that everyone takes to, to you know there's that that is the the very popular choice mm. on this island and then there's the one that's the minority and all I'm saying is one of them didn't cause any problems <laughs> in this situation and I don't know if that's by design or if it's a commentary, but it's an interesting binary that's set up, and I like that it makes you go, hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think the I don't think I that don't think Flanagan's uh, intention was to say the Muslims are right and Christians are wrong. It was more to say people if- can get caught up in religious fervor and make other people others, even though technically they're worshiping God. The same God, just in different ways. Right. So, you know, uh, not know. What having if, what if, any any aspect. So, like, the important aspect is that the Bev thinks that she's better because she's right. Right. And her intentions around that uh, to not understand and and divide is what's wrong. It's not necessarily like. What if we what if at some point we get to talk to Big Daddy Flan and he's like. No, no, it's definitely that the Muslim yeah, yeah. religion is superior. You didn't know I was Muslim? <laughs> no, this is a uh, this was uh, funded by my imam. Flanagan is a is a is a stage name. It's a pseudonym. Oh, someone named Flanagan can't be Muslim. All right. Well, I mean, you you, you know, if you're gonna go the uh, the uh, Cat Stevens route, you you or, mm. you know or. Or uh, I don't think Muhammad Ali was named Muhammad Ali originally. Yeah, you, you rename right? Sure. I don't know if that's required or not. I don't know enough about the religion to. Know Neither if that's do required. I. Yeah, hit us up, call us, let us know if that's the true. Um, but there's a great moment where Hassan, as he's already been shot, um, and the rec center and church are on fire, and Bev is realizing that she's ultimately fucked like yeah. every place on the island that they could hide is being burned up right now um then sheriff Hassan turns to her and says there's a quote from the bible that comes to mind yeah which is uh you know as it's starting to like light dawn will, is start starting to isn't it the light appear. will purify or something no he says uh he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good ah <laughs> Ah, that sticks a, you know, 
spear right into Bev, so she shoots him again. Um, so then, now just everyone's going to die. <laughs> At this yeah. point, the vampires are going to die. All the people on the island that aren't vampires are probably already dead by now. Um, and of the survivors, quote-unquote, there's only two people that are surviving, which is Lisa and Riley's brother. Riley's brother. out, And they're already on, on the ocean. Out in the boat. Like, Sheriff got shot to shit. Aaron's getting her blood sucked. Um, Sarah got shot in the heart. Yeah. She's dead. Mm-hmm. So everyone's dead. And everyone's going to die the second, like, the, the sun comes up. And it's... A really beautiful moment. So the the other huge moment is while Aaron is getting sucked, um, she flashes to Riley. I think it's while while that happens. Um, yeah, it flashes to her having a conversation with Riley on the couch back when they were like talking about death, and this is kind of a a dream sequence or a vision sequence. And, yeah, and she's giving her thoughts on death and like talking about her experience basically as she's dying. And I think, again, this is kind of the thesis statement for Mike Flanagan, what he wants to say about death, which is, you know, it's not about self. Um, that, you know, as she's dying, she's not thinking about the experience or worrying. She's just too busy remembering. And she remembers basically your place in the universe that there is no me there never was i remember i'm energy not memory not self and i'm returning to the cosmos basically beautiful which is not doing it service to what the actual monologue is but it's this was the part in the show that i was i was crying i don't know why it hit me so hard but it was just i'll tell do would can i speculate sure onto why it hit you so hard so <clears throat> We've known each other a long time. Actually, I was thinking about how long we've known each other today. I think we've been doing the show for longer than we were employed together. Um, or at least about the same amount of time. Yeah, In probably. any event, uh, you're uh, kind of an interesting dichotomy of a guy, right? <laughs> because, you, um, because you're very religious. Because you're an asshole. But... No, no, no. Because you're very religious, but you're also... Um, you also have a, a strong streak of um oh what do you call it i can't th- i can't think of the word irrationality no 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 um where everything is uh, meaning oh, nihilist not you also have a strong nihilism streak right yeah. and so you're constantly in your head trying to rationalize that there is nothing and there is no ultimate purpose but there is also like this strong hope in you that there is. Yeah. But you rationally can't, you rationally default to mm-hmm. there is none. But <laughs> this is the way, this is the fight mm-hmm. that proves that there is, that the, that the meaning is within the being, mm-hmm. you know, that the being is the beautiful part and that's what gives everything meaning, you know? Sure. Yeah. I think, um, like when it comes to to faith, so Norm Macdonald just died, like just the last week. So sad. And he was my absolute favorite comedian. I had posted the day before that he died on our Facebook group. How a clip that he did at an award show that I found. He's definitely your hilarious. Hero. Uh, he's and your I, hero. 
and I said like another video for the for my case for greatest living comedian and then the next day he died and uh but when he was asked about faith because he believed in god and one of the things he said was um that people mistake it it's they think it's about believing and it's not about believing or knowing it's like that's not what faith is about it's about hoping you know yeah and i think that's where it can lie you know i mean <clears throat> you have two i can contain two thoughts in my head at the same time sure of, of yeah like, yeah I, I hope that there's a god and everything i was taught was true and that after this life i'm reunited yeah with people i love um but also it could not be true mm-hmm. in which case what's the point <laughs> like it's all like the, nothing nothing that i think matters matters and that's the that and that's the beauty of this speech is that it it posits <clears throat> that the being is the meaning that that's enough and that's and and that and 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 the time you get to spend with people the the relationships that you build the fact that you're here at all is right. more than enough <laughs> right is m- way more than enough um, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> maybe, maybe the better way of saying it is not, it's not meaningless. It's insignificant. Like it's yes. In, in the greater of all, you know, reality, because she's talking about how it's like a drop of water falling back into the ocean and that we're, you know, our concept, our concept of self and, um, and the meaning we put into our lives like there's we're we're barely existing it's like yeah physically like right. it's all just neurons firing and even like our matter is mostly space you know it's just energy vibrating at a slower frequency and that she's she there's a line where it's we are the cosmos dreaming of itself which is beautiful awesome and then she talks about how that return or that energy throughout the universe that we're a part of, like that's the one. That's not that's God. That's not us being separate from each other. It's it's God. You right. know, that's a concept of, of what God is. And um Yeah, and, and then she says And si- I'm sorry, go <clears> ahead. <throat> and then there's another line that says that's she says, I am that I am, which is kind of a very biblical phrase and there's basically saying that we are god right yes yeah and and there's you know you mentioned something earlier that really sticks with me or you know like a droplet of water into the ocean Mm -hmm. but and that's so insignificant the the purpose of that statement is to is to put a point on how insignificant we are but but it's also the ocean is not the ocean is not complete without that drop you know it everything everything is part of something and the scale of everything is infinite right because without that drop there's a drop of water missing and within that drop there's infinitesimal series of scales that go down into quantum and beyond that that are that are missing from this bigger yeah. unit and uh, and and beyond that you know it's all 
It's all just who's to put the uh, the weight on the size of the thing. Yeah. You know, why is the weight matter? Right. Why does the size of the thing matter? Right. But I mean, the the whole point is like that's the thing about confronting death is is making these realizations of like what does that mean? You know, I. Sorry, I'm gonna get teary. Like, I had that realization with my dad. My dad died, gosh, a year and a half ago now, feels mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I should probably know the date. It was but, in June of 2020. Yeah. So, just thinking about that, like, what what does that mean? You know, what did his life mean? What did he mean... You know, to me, what does that mean that he doesn't exist anymore? You know, and like you can't really understand death until you really experience it on a very personal level. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure the most personal is when it happens to yourself and then there's going to be some revelations. <laughs> Book seven. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I mean it's it's really weighty stuff. And I want to take a step back right now and point out that we're talking about these super metaphysical concepts and these deep philosophical questions in a story about vampires. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that's why I love this series cuz it's so ridiculous that you can get this much out of like a subgenre or a or a monster type or a trope that feels like it's done to shit so if many you're times good, before. Well, this is the thing. If you're good, you can take an earnest movie, you right. know? <laughs> earnest scared stupid. Right. And you can fit the meaning of life into it. Right. Somehow. Right. You know? Um not saying that the Nernest movie uh, manages to do that, but if you're Mike Flanagan and you're directing an er- er- or directing and writing an Ernest movie, uh-huh. well, maybe. Uh, and I mean, all the good art, all good art does this shit. Yeah, this is this is the definition of what good art does. Is it's more than what it is, you know? It somehow manages to be more than the sum of its parts, and um, and it's. We often forget with uh, with video media that it's not just entertainment if it's done well. It's right. somehow more than that. It's And it's hard to put into words unless you're given something as impressively weighty as this. And then it really kind of stands up and it has legs and you go, oh, wow. Well, I mean, there's a lot of like illusions in, cin- in cinema that it's also dreamlike. I mean, it's like you're what you're watching this, um, this fraud, basically these flickering pictures that makes you think that they're moving or that something is actually happening in front of you. And like, it's very dreamlike and, and it's almost like great filmmakers recognize that and also realize how that reflects life itself. Yeah. So anyways, (laughs) Didn't mean to. No, that I think uh, that's, I think that's very 
I think I think anybody who is struck by this will definitely who is who is struck by the show I should say yeah. will definitely have um something to relate to what you just said. Yeah, and I I really love it and I know that there'll be people that it hits really strongly and I also know that there'll be people that'll be like, "Well, this is shit." Like, yeah. That, that it's doesn't, inevitable. Doesn't mean anything to them or they just don't like it. Yeah. What it is. And that's, you know, the thing with art. Um so the end of the series and the episode um we're left with a bunch of vignettes of of what happens to everyone um set to near my god to thee as everyone's singing you know this um this hymn which is a beautiful hymn it's one of my favorites and they're basically all accepting that they're going to die in a couple minutes with yeah. the sun rising um this part is so powerful yeah this just cadre of people standing up waiting for a beautiful thing like right. the sunrise that any other day they've seen this every day of their life you know yeah. and now they're together and it means their death yeah but by no fault of their own just right. by following their faith um it's, it's weird yeah it's strange and, and incredible yeah we're shown hassan and ali praying on the shore uh praying towards mecca and so you know ali you know is is finally makes amends with his father more or less and and it shows hassan crumpling over dying and then you know ali burning up in in the sun as it comes up um it shows father pruitt the and- best part is that bev is 10 feet away from them right she's freaking the fuck out Right. Yeah, the, the best, I mean, that's the best thing of the series. That it shows everyone coming to terms. Like, most of the townspeople are singing together, you know, in the town square, like, knowing, accepting what's going to happen to them. Then there's Ali and Hassan praying in their final moments. There's um, Father Pruitt and Millie holding Sarah. Yeah. Um, and then the, another great one, uh, I think it's before this moment, but, um, Lisa praying for her parents as they leave the island. Yeah. Um, so all these little vignettes in contrast with Bev, as it looks like she's accepting her fate, that she's like trying to say like, yes, I'm coming, I'm going to have dignity. But in the end she crumples and she tr- desperately is trying to dig a hole to crawl into, which is such a great I, metaphor. Oh, for I love that it. type of person. Dig yourself a a, a grave. Go <laughs> ahead, crawl down lower than you are. Get get into the dirt. Right. Try and get away from from the light somehow. Yeah, I mean, I see she's trying to get away from the light. That's like the the metaphor I see for this type of person, where it's like the facade is that. Yeah, they're put together and they're confident with who they am and who they are and what their life decisions are. Now, who they am, who they am, <laughs> and the reality is, they're terrified. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of everyone and everything of being seen, of being seen. Yeah. Or being known as who they know they are deep down, which is just dark, evil people. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's. I didn't go missing. Or worse, just blind. Yeah. You know, that's that's the other thing. Yeah. That, that's just the... desperation. Just blind desperation Ugh. is the other thing. Um, so then it ends with, you know, not super hopeful, <laughs> but the last two survivors is, is Lisa and Riley's brother to be named at a later point. Um, they're on the boat and ash is raining down. And then the last line is I can't feel my legs. Yeah. <laughs> what a real hopeful moment. I mean, but it just shows. Well, that, that's great. Yeah, that's good. That, that means, means that, that things have returned right. to the way they were. And I think that signals that the Papa Vamp, the angel died. Yeah. I, I think, think so. that's what that signals is that, oh, yeah. as it was flying away, it died. Right. Because all the effects that its blood had that were within you went away suddenly. Yeah. So that's the episode that's the show um if you want to like get our full kind of synopsis and review and like our like feelings about the entire series go back to episode zero where we give our review it'll be spoiler free i mean yeah we're actually going to record that next so that will be kind of the capstone of this it also is happens to we will have used it as the kind of hype promo yeah aspect so thanks for listening, especially if you got all the way to the end here. Um, yeah, we do we do episodes like this, you know, on the regular podcast too, talking about horror movies. And if you like Mike Flanagan, you like horror movies, um, you'll like a lot of the movies that we review on the regular podcast. So please subscribe. Let me just say thank you to anyone who stuck this series out with us. We had so much fun covering it. And we really, really hope that you stick around and listen to our normal shows um, because uh, we we enjoy doing this more than you can possibly imagine. And we just we love growing our community and you're perfectly welcome to join us on all social media and particularly on Facebook. We have a fabulous Facebook group yeah. of nice, kind people that just want to talk about about horror movies and we keep it as ad free as we possibly can yeah. and like there's not a bunch of spam and bullshit over there, so um also if you like this after show please share it with a friend it's basically the only way we we get word out to a meaningful extent um special thanks to night channels people that that help us all the time mainly uh our sponsors nightchannels.com go there to buy your Apparel with a 13% discount using HMT at checkout. And also, as always, we want to thank Dustin Goebel, our resident artist, um, who does our cover art for every episode of our podcast. Um, and he can, takes commissions from anyone. You can contact him on Instagram at dgoebel00. That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. Um, so, if you again, finally, if you have anything to say, call our number at 682-253-4468. And we'll see you um, on the flippity well, flop. Yeah, I hope we see you again. Thank you so much again. I, also, I should mention, if you like Mike Flanagan's work, we have after shows for both Hill House and Bly Manor. I don't think we really even mentioned that. Yeah, about a year ago yeah. uh, in, a, in the same feed that you're listening to this on. So just scroll down in your podcast player and you'll find those yeah. series. Right or there. It'll, it'd be even easier if you go to Horror Movie Doc, Horror Movie Talk. That's com. our name, right? Yeah. HorrorMovieTalk.com. Horror um, and then there's, in the menu, there's a 
menu item for after shows, and we'll have all of them there. Um, so thanks for joining us. We really enjoyed doing this and hope to do it again. Um, go with Flanagan. Go with Flanagan. Bye-bye.